the next episode of Nerd Clicks and Chill will start in three, two, one, zero. Hey everybody, this is Nick. And this is Carrie. And we are Nerd Flicks and Chill, and we finally have a last trailer for the Star Wars saga films. And we wanted to talk about it. It's a great time because we got some Star Wars happening. 60 days roughly from the film. Aren't you excited, Carrie? Star Wars is back. I know. It's bittersweet, though. It is. It's like this is the last. This is the last trailer. I mean, there's going to be a lot of Star Wars stuff. There's a lot of Star Wars stuff, you know, in the works and um, in written down in the books on the schedule. But that's this is the last trailer for this story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. Star Wars is going to live on in, in a new kind of incarnation, depending on you know, where they choose to go with all these different avenues of storytelling that they have open. But as far as the Skywalker saga goes, this will be the end. And uh, it's a strange year in that we're saying goodbye to the Star Wars saga, Game of Thrones, and the original Avengers lineup. I know. It's it's painful. (laughs) It's like, but it was, you know, I remember when, like, the Lord of the Rings movies, you know, came to a close, and it was like... Gosh, what next? I I feel so invested in this. What's going to happen next? And it's like there's always something, you know, then, you know, Game of Thrones came out and there's always something else to attach yourself to. So I'm not yeah. worried that there's not going to be something else uh, because there will be because there's now this realization that people like these fantasy type movies and they're cool now. So right. I think there's going to be more and I hope that it means that the quality is going to be even better. I think so. I think, you know, again, we're just scratching the surface of fantasy storytelling. I think that all of those things that you mentioned, like Star Wars to Lord of the Rings to Game of Thrones to, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think they all have built off of one another in terms of drawing people into kind of epic fantasy storytelling, which is amazing. And so, yeah, you're right. There will always be something out there. I mean, I'm currently obsessed with several fantasy series that I think, uh, book series that I think are going to make amazing adaptations at some point. So the wheel keeps turning. That is definitely true. Uh, but it is interesting to kind of say goodbye to some of these characters. And so let's talk a little bit about this trailer that they put out last night. Now, I have to say that I saw the trailer as it happened. However, I was at Halloween Horror Nights and had just come out of a killer clowns from outer space haunted house (laughs) and was huddled in a merch store watching the trailer on my phone. Yeah. It was a very strange way to experience it is what I'm saying. That is strange. Although I'm sure you're probably not the only one who was sneaking a glimpse at Halloween Horror Nights. So, correct. I don't have anything solid on this or verifiable, but there were a lot of people huddled in corners looking at their phones around the same time. So, I assume that my fellow nerds were out there kind of tucked away, avoiding scare actors and, uh, you know, trying to watch the trailer. 
Or you know what? You should have shared your screen with a scare actor. I'm sure they're thinking, I'm on set. I'm not going to get to see this. I mean, you could have, you know, basically done community service. I could have. I could have. But some (laughs) of those people are frightening. Well, that's what they're being paid to do. So good. Yeah, (laughs) they were they did a great job. Uh, by the way, at Halloween Horror Nights, they have a, a Stranger Things house and a Ghostbusters house. Both of those were really, really cool. Uh, the Universal Monsters house, absolutely incredible. Stop it. That's the one house I wanted to see that I didn't get to. Bride of Frankenstein steals the show, man. Oh, man. So bummed but that I missed it. I digress. Let's uh, Let's get back into this trailer. So what did you think of the trailer for The Rise of Skywalker, this final trailer? Well... I was surprisingly emotional watching it. And I don't know if it's because of the content of the trailer or if it's because while I was watching it, the gravity of this trailer, the realization that this is the last Star Wars trailer, that it's all coming down to this hit me like a ton of bricks while mm. I was watching it. So I, I I don't know if it was because of all of that or because of what was actually seen in the trailer. Although I do think the thing that got me, the clincher, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this, I think the thing that pushed me over the edge was the music. Yes. Oh, 100%. I think that's what it it, it ultimately comes down to. I think that it just, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, and it always seems to be, you know, John Williams, you can't have a conversation about Star Wars without talking about his work. Uh, I was, I I think this trailer is amazing. It's, uh, you know, obviously all trailers are a form of marketing. So they're out there to to draw out emotion and to to get you um, into the theater, of course. But the thing that I loved about this trailer is that it does feel like the culmination, not just of the sequel trilogy, but to the entire story. Like, it does seem like they are throwing everything out on the field in this one. And they're just saying, we're going to go for it. We're going to go for a big, ambitious ending. I also found this trailer to be very hopeful and epic. And just everything Star Wars is condensed into this little trailer. Yeah, I, you know, say what you will. And I know that there are a lot of people who are not fans of J.J. Abrams. I am not one of those people. (laughs) I am a huge fan of J.J. Abrams because I think he is somebody who knows, he knows how to tell a story. He knows how to tease. And I remember when the first trailers were about to come out for The Force Awakens and people were nervous and and not wanting to see them. And I was like, you know what? In knowing his work, he is a master of the tease. He's not going to give everything away. He's really good at misdirection. He's really good at just giving you just enough and leaving you with more questions. If you've watched Lost, you probably know. (laughs) I like what he does. I know there's a lot of people that don't because they don't feel that it's satisfying to be left with questions. But I like the fact that he doesn't wrap everything up in a nice little bow. And I really like the way he puts together a trailer. It gives I you agree. just enough. And I I thought it was great. I really did. I think that in spite of what some 
people on the internet say history is going to look very kindly on the work that JJ and Ryan Johnson did yeah. on this trilogy. Like, yeah. I don't think people really understand how much these characters mean to people. Yeah, I really think that history will look back favorably on what Ryan Johnson did with it. Um, cause it, it's grown on me. I didn't, I didn't have a favorable opinion of it when I first saw it, but it has grown on me. I can look at the bigger picture of it more than focusing in on the minutia within it. Um, there's still a lot that I don't agree with, but I think it will, I think overall it will look back favorably. But, um, that said as well, I really like what JJ Abrams has done and I'm really incredibly hopeful with the fact that he is the one that's being tasked with ending this. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. I think it's a great trailer. And, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, J.J. Abrams is the master of the tease. The thing I'm curious about is, will he go against some of his own instincts here? You know, his instinct to not necessarily tell you the whole story. Will he go against that somewhat in order to bring this to a conclusion? Because there are hints in this trailer of things that go all the way back to Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Yeah. And... I feel like when you start to see little things like that dotted throughout the trailer, that this seems to suggest a culmination of everything. And I think that I, I wonder if he'll kind of go against his instincts to leave some stuff to the imagination for the sake of completing the story. I, um, you know, as I mentioned a moment ago, I, He's he's not one for wrapping things up with a nice little bow. And I don't think that that's what we are going to get with this. I think that there will be some things that are left unanswered because he famously gave a TED talk talking about just that, how that's one of his favorite things, how he has this mystery box. You know, there's stuff in it, but he doesn't know what's in it and he's never going to open it because... Mm that not knowing is so much more intriguing than opening it up and being like, oh, it's just a rock and a set of jacks, you know, and a feather or something, you know, just that no matter what is going to be in there, it's going to be a letdown because it's so much more interesting and stimulating to not know and to wonder. And I think that that's what, unfortunately, I think we're going to be left with some of that, but he is also good at tying some ends together. I say some because, again, going back to Lost, a <laughs> lot of loose ends in that. But I'm I'm really hopeful in the fact that he will bring in things from the prequels. Because to me, the prequels still feel so fragmented from this Skywalker story. And... I mean, it's a huge task to try and bring that in, but I think he might be able to do it. And I think, you know, gosh, is this something that's going to make the prequels feel valid to me? Maybe. That's a huge, a huge ask. But, um, you know what? I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it does. 
Yeah, that is a strange kind of phenomenon within the Star Wars films is that the prequel trilogy, even though it involves Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Palpatine, Darth Vader, and all of that, it does still feel disconnected. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is a very strange phenomenon. And I do think you have seen little bits, only in the briefest, tiniest of mentions here and there, of things that tie back to the prequel trilogy in this sequel trilogy. But there's more of that here, and I think we are going to get a lot of that pulled through. So... As we get into the trailer itself, that opening shot of Ray running through a forest. Yeah. Are we thinking that's Endor? Um I I didn't think that it was. I don't I don't what makes you specifically think that it's Endor? Well, I was trying to pay attention to the sound effects and it sounded similar like some of that ambient noise of that forest sounded similar, mm. but I think the other reason I think it could potentially be Endor would be that there is so much in the ruins of the Death Star that takes place in this trailer, and I'm assuming it's Death Star 2 if we're talking about the Emperor being somewhere around here, which would put uh, it on potentially one of the other moons of mm-hmm. Endor. Yeah. So only, I guess, by proximity within the story would I assume that that's possible? No, I think that's a, I think that's a really interesting... Um, observation and i think that's a uh, i definitely think that's a possibility it didn't it didn't really occur to me i didn't really think oh this is going to be endor i don't know why i was just kind of like oh it's a forest and she's running through it um but the the thing from that fa- first little bit that stood out to me is that she's deflecting laser fire or some yeah. kind of blaster fire and i was like oh who's firing at her and why does it seem not that it's just very like eh, just brushing it off as I'm running through. So I'm wondering what is happening in this moment. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's hard to say. And then they do that great kind of transition into her landing on a, some sort of metal platform, you know, within what looks like the hollowed out old remains of the death star. And this is, this is going back to, uh, her, her life as a scavenger, you know, she's good at this. She's, yeah. you know, this is one of her, you know, best skills, you know, up until this point, um, of being able to navigate through ruins and scavenge and, um, you know, so it, it, it's kind of taking her back to her beginnings a little bit. Yeah. Definitely. There are also some shots of John Boyega um, looking out on a horizon. We also see some resistance people uh, doing their thing at some sort of meeting where we do see a long shot of the people kind of gathered. And it looks like Poe seems to be taking on more of a leadership role because everybody seems to be focused on him. Lando is somehow in this scene. There's also a Mon Cal in that scene as well. Not sure what's going on. Looks like some sort of you know battle planning or something like that. Not sure where they are or anything like that. But uh, that shot does seem to suggest that maybe Poe has taken on more of a leadership role. And I really hope that's true. Well, the last movie, uh, The Last Jedi, left us um, 
with Leia basically suggesting just that. Where, yeah. you know, Poe had suggested their next move and what they're going to do as far as getting out of that base that they were in. And everybody turns to Leia and she's like, well, what are you looking at me for? Yeah. You know, follow him. So, I mean, that right there was her handing over the reins. So, yeah, I definitely see him in that in that uh, scene as she definitely has handed them over and he's uh, at the helm. Yeah. And I would love that. I would love to see Poe eventually kind of become a leader, having learned from Leia. Um, I'll, I'll talk more about Leia and Carrie Fisher as we get into this trailer. I just found myself so overcome every time I see an image of her or hear her I know. voice. I know. It's, yeah. It is just so heartbreaking to me that she was not around to to be part of this final film, even though she will be there. Um, yeah. So after that Poe shot, we get a shot of Rose looking out at something, not sure what. We also get our first peek at Dominic Monaghan, who's showing up in this film. Yeah, Mary Brandybuck. Welcome to Star Wars. Yeah, he's he's getting in all the fantasy. I know. He's... His uh his twilight years are set. He will be doing conventions for the rest of his days. I mean, I feel like he was doing conventions for years before years that he has a way of just showing up in great stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's every actor's kind of dream, you yeah. know. Yeah, and he's also in that shot with Billy Lord, who looks like she'll be taking on maybe a larger role, I really hope. I also noticed that her wardrobe in that shot is kind of evocative of Leia's wardrobe on Endor in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Very, very similar. Yeah, I love that they've kind of kept her in all of these movies. I think it's really cool. Yeah, and of course, Kelly Marie Tran back as Rose. Um, You know, hopefully she gets to do a little bit more. It seems like they're expanding her character out a little bit as well. Internet trolls, beware. I know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Can of worms is is shaking on the table, and I'm just going to shove it off to the side. Yeah. Then we get a shot of uh, Finn, Poe, and Chewie. Uh, of course, Poe looking as handsome as ever. I feel like Oscar Isaac's just, his job is just turn to the camera and be handsome. That's the direction that you give him. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, again, uh, the costuming is one of the things that I also notice here, too, is that they've really kind of given Finn a bit of a glam up. Mm. Well, I mean, that comes with leadership, right? Yeah, a little better costuming. Uh, Poe <laughs> has a really cool costume on, too. I think the costuming looks really, really strong here. But again, we're not getting much, just shots of them doing their thing. A lot of a lot of shots of people looking concerned in this trailer. Well, Yeah. I mean, we don't really we don't really have a lot of lines. We're not going to really get any plot. It is going to be just that lots of sweeping epic music and looks of concern. Yeah. We also get a shot of a blockade runner that looks maybe like the Tanti 4. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting ships that appear to have uh, made an appearance in this trailer. So it would be a great bit to see the Tanti 4 in there. Uh, of course, then we get our first shot of Ray, and she seems to be on a chunk of the Death Star that seems to be floating in the water. We get our first shots of Kylo, too. 
And I think the Ray and Kylo stuff in this film is really, uh, it's really going to be interesting because one thing that gets set up in this trailer is that there is some sort of encounter that takes place between these two, but it seems as though it's one encounter that takes place in like several different locations or several encounters throughout the film. Yeah, I'm not sure what to make of some of this. I mean, I guess, which is exactly the point. But it makes me wonder if it's not more of that force mind melding thing that happened in the last movie. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to get really crazy with it. And instead of like them being able to commune and see each other in different places that maybe they'll like physically be in different places or physically be in like the same place i don't know it it, i feel like there's something askew there that there is a trick being played on us as the viewer yeah i would definitely agree um i mean even if you go back to uh the original teaser and everybody was kind of freaking out because you see that vision of Ray and she's got the dark cloak on and you see her with a different lightsaber. I'm thinking there's lots of visions that either they're being given or they are experiencing um, in one way or another. And, you know, they are they are seeing that within the movie. But then, of course, when you, you take things out of context and it's like, oh, Ray is evil. And, you know, whatever it is that that we are seeing, it's like, well, no, maybe it's just a vision. Maybe it's they are being presented with the different possibilities. Maybe um, because Ray, even in the last movie, she said that she could see where Kylo Ren could be good so maybe right. we are actually able to see some of these visions that they have had and maybe yeah. we're seeing visions that somebody else has had maybe they're going down the road of getting a little bit bendy with reality there's yeah. always been some hints of that throughout the films in terms yeah. of visions and you know we had in the last jedi some flashbacks and i think it's in the rebels series where they introduced even a little bit of time travel as well within the star wars universe that this kind of new canon that we're in so the idea of them potentially getting into some mind bendy reality bending stuff is a possibility i think so after that we then roll into a shot of a very stunning glacial planet oh how beautiful is that shot yeah i mean it almost looks like a chunk of ice floating out into space um as a matter of fact i'm actually looking at this shot right now and i i cannot tell if this is a glacier on water being reflected or if this is a legit just chunk of ice floating out into space because the bottom reflection does not look like the top reflection, so... Oh, it doesn't. Okay. Because I um, I haven't done, like, a a screen cap or anything, so I haven't seen if it's exact mirror of the other. I can't really tell, but if I'm going based off of reflection... I don't know. It's actually, it's actually quite difficult to say. Mm. Uh, it's either... Yeah, it's either uh, an iceberg on a lake, on, like, a glacial lake... Or it is just a chunk of ice floating out into space. Interesting. And there are some TIE fighters heading towards it. Yeah. 
And then, you know, we get this strange shot of a throne with a little bit of voiceover from Palpatine. Not sure where this throne has come from. Not sure what this throne is, but it is very pointy. It's like the Iron Throne if it were made of stone and spider legs. Yeah, it reminded me of a sculpture from the movie Beetlejuice. (laughs) Right. That um, at one point, I think somebody gets trapped in it. Um, I'm trying to remember who it is. I can just kind of vaguely picture and like the sculpture kind of comes to life a little bit and like kind of encloses in on somebody. But it reminded me of that. That was my first initial thought when I saw it. Yeah. And and that leads me to kind of wondering what the Emperor's role is going to be here. There's an empty chair in his voiceover. Does that mean that he does not have a physical form? Does that right. mean that he's returning to physical form? Like, is that a Sauron situation? Voldemort situation. Voldemort situation. That's very classic villain trope. So I guess we've yeah. named two villains where it's happened before. Yeah. He's sucking on unicorn blood, coming back to life. Yeah. (laughs) But then we also have that shot, when he talks about waiting, we have that shot of a Star Destroyer seemingly surfacing from the water, which suggests that, and, and that's the other thing, and we haven't even talked about this yet, in some of what we've seen, including the first teaser as well as the D23 footage that we saw, the... Star Destroyers that we're seeing are both New Era and Empire Era. There are First Order Era and Empire Era Star Destroyers. The one that surfaces appears to be an Empire Era Star Destroyer. Hmm. So again, I'm like, what the hell is happening here? I don't know, because it can't just be... I can't imagine that it's just the Emperor. He's got to have a whole crew of people. Either that or, holy crap... The Emperor is so much stronger than we thought because that kicks uh, Yoda bringing the X-Wing out of the water, right out of the water. Right. Because <laughs> that's a massive feat. Yeah, it's a strange shot because, again, I still don't quite know what is happening. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Yeah, I don't know. And it when we see, you know, Ray and Kylo and they look like they're on some kind of bridge or ruins or something and it's, you know, very rough waters. I mean, is this the same area that that Star Destroyer is being brought up out of the water? Is it because the water is so rough or is it is that why the water looks rough around the ruins of the Death Star that we think that this is? Because it's being brought up? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. No idea. And then, of course, the next shot is this incredible shot of seemingly every spaceship ever used in a Star Wars film. Yeah, all at once. And then you got the drop-in of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Uh, some people have pointed out that there are some ships from Star Wars lore in there. There's like a bounty hunter ship in there. Somebody said they thought they saw General Grievous's ship in there or a, a similar sh- like ship class. Uh, the ghost from Star Wars Rebels. Yep. Kind of right behind the Millennium Falcon. Yep. But you know the first thing I noticed 
What's that? There's a new dish on the on the Falcon. Is there? I did not even notice that. There is. So it had the initial round dish, then they flipped it for the rectangular dish, and now yeah. it's a round dish again. Oh. Well. Well, that makes Black Spire an interesting thing. Right? I I mean, maybe it falls off again. I don't know. I know, but could you imagine, though, how many people would have been like, wait a minute, when they go into Black Spire and they see that it has a round dish? I wonder if they'll change it out. Wouldn't that be great if the day after the movie comes out, somebody just goes in and changes it? (sighs) Yeah, that would be incredible. And by the way, if you have not gone to Galaxy's Edge to see the Millennium Falcon yet, you have to go. Seeing that ship is just... I don't know. It, it's it's so fulfilling. Yeah, we could do a whole episode on our visits there. And I definitely yeah. want to go back. <laughs> and after Rise of the Resistance opens, too. That'd be great Which to is see. soon. It's in like a month. Yeah. Um, you know, another thing, too, with this shot of the Falcon as it kind of drifts into frame with this incredibly dense shot Armada. full of just yeah. ships... One of the things that J.J. Abrams is the master of is getting ships to appear. Nobody does ship movement like J.J. Abrams. He did it in the Star Trek series as well that he made. Yeah. But this one, like, again, even with the Falcon, he does a really great job of giving, like, depth and weight and the way that the ship looks as it inhabits space. He just does a great job with that. Yeah, and I would I would atone that to, you know, his direction to his special effects team yeah. and their ability to interpret the direction that he is given. And that's definitely the sign of a good director, you know, it being able to articulate that vision and you know, get that work out of people is and that's why I it's silly to say, but that's where he definitely excels. He's, I think he's an amazing director, having never worked under him, but seeing the consistency in vision and work that he has done, he definitely has a style. And knowing that he's worked with a variety of different people, that he's still able to um, have that same style brought across all these different platforms is I think it's remarkable. I agree. I completely agree. We then get a shot in the cockpit of the Falcon with our new cast, with the the cast of the new trilogy. We've got Chewie, we've got Ray, Poe, and Finn. And getting those characters together is the thing that I think all the fans have really wanted. Yeah. It was just it's it's a nice moment, but it's so interesting that it's it's laced with a voiceover by the Emperor. Yes, where he talks about coming together being your undoing. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder who he's talking about there. I think he's talking about Finn and Ray. Yeah? I think so, because it just, it seems like that's what everything is coming down to, is the battle between them and, for whatever reason, I you think You mean we're Kylo gonna... and Ray. Did I say Finn and Ray? I did say yeah. Finn. Yeah, I meant Kylo. Sorry. Thank you for correcting me. But yeah, no wonder you were like, what? Really? <laughs> that re- that uh, reaction now makes sense to me. Um, yes. 
uh, between Kylo and Ray. Thank you. Um, I think it may be revealed. I have a feeling that it may be revealed that the emperor is the puppet master behind all of this from the beginning. Like he's, I don't know if he has something to do with Ray. Um, there has long been speculation that, you know, she's his daughter or something. I don't know about that, but I have a feeling that he may have something to do with her and what has happened to her and, and how that, excuse me, and how that, um, is supposed to be, you know, together with Kylo. I'm not sure. And maybe that's what the emperor was wanting them either to come together or to be pit against each other. I'm not sure, but I have a feeling that he is, the mastermind behind all of this somehow. It definitely seems to be the case. I'm not quite sure how all those pieces are going to fit in. There definitely is potential for Ray to be some sort of creation of the emperor to be involved with, with her origins at some point. All of that stuff is a possibility. Um, it's great to see the cast getting together, though. I feel like this is what everybody wanted. I feel like everybody wanted to see their core cast together doing their thing. Kind of like the first Star Wars film had where we had Han, Leia, and Luke. Uh, let this be the Ray, Finn, and Poe film. We then jump to Kylo and Ray doing their thing. They're, uh, they're fighting on the ruins of what appears to be the Death Star out there floating in the ocean. A uh, couple of explosions, a really cool kind of skimmer ship that's going through the water. And then that leads us into one of the most emotional moments of the film, or of the trailer at least, and that is that uh, moment that we get with 3PO. Yeah. Yeah. What's going I, on there? Well, if you remember in the trailer, we saw 3PO toward, not the trailer, the teaser. We saw 3PO towards the end of the teaser with red eyes. And I think a lot of people were thinking, oh, he's going evil. And I was like, no, I don't think he's going evil. I think there's something that's happening and whatever kind of mode he's in makes his eyes go red. And we see that as he's saying this, you know, I'm getting a one last look at my friends. He's got wires and stuff that are coming out of his head. And there's this little creature, which is a practical effect. Thank you very much. Not uh, CG. And I'm so glad they have this little tiny, amazing little animatronic guy that they that's working on C-3PO. Um, it's doing something. I don't know if they are. Uh, per- maybe they're going back into his memory because, uh, you know, as we all know, C-3PO and R2-D2 are some of the only characters that have been in every single movie except for Solo. Yeah. Um, that th- there is something that maybe they're pulling from his memory. And unfortunately, if they are pulling this, there's a risk that it could wipe out everything. Don't know what the situation is. Are they having to wipe his memory because what he has is too valuable? I don't know. And he's making a sacrifice. Don't know what's happening there. But there is something that they are messing with his memory banks or his programming or something. 
At yeah. first, when I saw it, I'm thinking, oh my God, yeah, so emotional. But then when I go back and watch it and I'm looking at it again and he's like, I'm getting one last look at my friends and I'm thinking, does he really have that much history with Finn and Ray and Poe that he would be that emotional over it? You know, if he were saying that and he's looking over R2-D2 and he's looking over uh, Chewbacca and Lando and like the classic characters, I think that would have had even more of an impact than him looking over Finn, Ray, and Poe. I agree, but as soon as he says that, uh, we do get shots of R2 and Chewie. Right. So the camera does cut to those characters I don't know what's happening here. I can't imagine what 3PO would have knowledge of that they would need to to do that. I don't know um, either. Because everything that that he would have, R2 would have too, seemingly um, up and up. You know, unless they're going back prior to R2 and 3PO meeting, but there wasn't much there because Anakin was just a kid at the time. So there has to be something that we don't know. Uh, yeah. thrown in there to to make that something. I, I don't I don't know what. Yeah, I don't either. Um then of course we get the the changeover when we start to get the um some of the verbiage that pops up on the screen, but the music change here is just phenomenal. Uh incredible hallway tracking shot of stormtroopers falling as Chewie Poe and Finn make their way through some sort of what appears to be a First Order ship. It's hard to tell what's a First Order ship versus an Empire ship. I guess it could be either. Yeah. Uh, Then, of course, we have Leia hugging Rey. And again, like, it's it's very difficult to not become overwhelmed seeing Carrie Fisher on screen. (sighs) I know. I know. And I'm so... I'm so apprehensive and yet so... Um, interested in how they are weaving her into this. Because this is with unused footage from The Force Awakens. So, so I have a theory about this. Okay. And it may be just a little bit of wish fulfillment on my part. But my theory is that yes, Carrie Fisher will be present in some old footage. I think they are hiding something about her appearance in this film. And I think it's actually going to be significantly larger than we expect. Meaning that they had more footage than we think that they do? Or meaning, are they going to go and do the weird CG thing? I don't necessarily know that they're going to do the weird CG thing. I think that they're going to somehow make her more significant. Well, when we originally were hearing about this new trilogy, the the theory or the thought was the first one was Han Solo's movie. The second one was Luke's and the third was Leia's. She was supposed to have a massive, be a massive center figure in this third one. And unfortunately, she passed away before they could start filming it. Um, 
so I'm wondering how much of that they were able to keep and how much they were able to stay with their original vision of it. Yeah. I think it's going to be more than we expect. Yeah. Because I think that there is a, a tendency to believe that, and it may even be backed but in some of the Star Wars comic books that have come out, that Leia may be dead at the beginning of the film. I don't know that that's necessarily the case, and like that her appearance would just be as some sort of like force ghost there to kind of help out Ray. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Hmm. Um, I do believe though that we're going to get something amazing from Leia in this film, and it's going to be far more than we ever thought it would be. I would love that. I don't know how they're going to do it. I mean, I don't know either. It's just a prediction. Well, you know, I do have to say that there are some really amazing things. If you look back at movie history, there are some really amazing things that have come out from adversity, from unforeseen circumstances, and that you have to adapt, and then it ends up becoming something better than what you originally planned. Um, the first thing that pops out in my mind is the movie Jaws. You know, they had this giant shark animatronic thing and it wasn't working and they had to adapt. And the way that they did that was to have it be this looming force, this looming figure that you hardly ever saw. And it made it that much more menacing by the time you actually, you know, got to see it. And they had plans for us to see this thing, you know, throughout the whole movie, but they weren't able to do it because this thing, it wasn't working. It just, it, it was awful. And it made that movie better, right. you know, and, and there are tons of, and that's why I like watching behind the scenes things to see what, um, film crews have had to go through in order to get things to work. And sometimes when you are faced with those kinds of problems, something better comes out because of it. So I'm hoping that this might be the case. I think it's possible. I, I just think that we are going to get a lot more surprises here than we expected. Yeah. So I think that's uh, I think that's something that we can bank on. Um, and as we're getting that shot of Leia hugging Ray, we get that incredible voiceover from Luke where he says, confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That, that to me is a lot of Star Wars kind of boiled down to its essence, right? Like that is epic storytelling. That is amazing. Love hearing that. Well, yeah, I mean, and that goes back to think of the iconic line from the prequels of Yoda talking to Anakin. You know, there's yeah. much I sense much fear in you. And that, you know, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering, you know, that whole thing Um that. Yeah, it's that's the whole thing that. Luke, in Luke's perspective, anyway, in his story, in his whole family lineage, it's been that whole thing of confronting that fear. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, just some really great shots of some sort of chase going on. 
uh, you know, just a, a lot of different battle sequences. We do also get a shot of a Star Destroyer that seems to have some new tech mounted on it as well. You know, again, just so many incredible battle shots here. One of my favorite shots of this trailer is the shot of Finn riding with Naomi Aki's character on what look like these awesome horses. Yeah. Seemingly riding across a Star Destroyer on horseback, which is so amazing, Uh, particularly with BB-8 out in the front as well, just rolling along. Well, it's so... It evokes the uh, climactic battle for me for um, Return of the Jedi. You know, when you've got the inhabitants of Endor that are using simplistic means to take down the Empire. And, you know, J.J. Abrams has echoed the original trilogy so much, and much to some people's dismay, but... um, you know, it's that whole, I guess, history repeats itself, so I don't have a problem with it, um, especially when it's good. But having a simplistic means of taking down the Empire, you know, you have people on horseback and, you know, whatnot. I, th- I think it's interesting. Yeah. Just this idea of these mounted riders, you know, again, like you said, low tech, riding across the Star Destroyer, you know, it, it just looks unbelievable. Yeah. Love it. And then we get a shot of Kylo and Rey in the throne room of the Death Star. Yeah. Or wait, wait, no, hold on. They're in the throne room. It's it's not, it can't be the Death Star, though, because there was no throne room on the Death Star. There was that big, he wasn't on the Death Star. He was on the Emperor's, uh... they weren't on the Death Star in... At the end of... Oh, right, 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 right. Jedi. Yeah. They were on the Emperor's ship looking at the Death Star. Right. That's true. That's right, that's right. So they appear to be in that throne room having some sort of confrontation again. Right. Um, Another shot of Finn, then we get another shot of Kylo and Rey. And I am very curious about this shot of Kylo and Rey, like... They seem to be fighting, and then they destroy something. I can't tell where they are. Yeah. What do you think's going on here? I think that might be another vision. I think that might be another vision or something. Because at first, and I haven't gone back to like screen cap it to really see. I've gone back and watched it a number of times, and I still can't make out what this thing is that they shatter. At first, I thought it was Darth Vader. Right. I I don't know. I I don't know what it is. I mean, you stick something in a white room and it's tall and and black and and seems to have some kind of a cloak or something. And I'm automatically going to think Darth Vader. Right. Because that's how you first really see him in the original trilogy. And seeing that it's the two of them and this thing, the way that it shatters, it tells me, I think that it's some kind of a vision. Hmm. I don't, I don't know, but yeah. There's a lot going on in this shot. For one... The shot is kind of cut in such a way that you can never actually see what this thing is that they're smashing. Yeah. Uh, in addition to that, I'm not sure where this location is. But it was giving me some serious Bespin vibes, even though I don't think that's where it is. Right. 
Um, the other thing that is strange to me is that Ray has a lightsaber in one hand and a giant knife in the other. Oh, I didn't see the knife. Like, she has this massive dagger in her other hand, in her offhand. Hmm, interesting. Not sure why, not sure what that is. Uh, again, yeah, so much going on with this scene. When I first saw it, my initial reaction was that it was... Uh, not just the Vader mask, but it was the whole kind of place where Kylo put the Vader mask. Remember how he put the mask on a set of ashes? Right, right. I thought it was that kind of whole thing kind of falling to pieces. Yeah. That, that may be what it is. I don't, that I don't quite know. That area wasn't white, though. It was all very dark. Right. So I don't know. And then it makes me think, too, are they slashing at what they see as the emperor? But it seemed too tall for that. Yeah. Um, And then it just crumbles and they see that it's not really him. I don't know. But that's, again, just the way that it crumbles in such a way, it makes me think that it's some kind of a vision. It's some kind of trick or something. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. But you know, one thing I did forget to mention, it's a little detail in the shots of, particularly with Rey and Kylo when they have their lightsabers out in the rain, mm-hmm. a very cool little detail is the way rain is being reflected on the lightsabers. Oh, I didn't notice that. Like the rain is kind of like just causing the little little flickers on the lightsaber itself. Awesome like, is little it detail sizzling? there. It'd be neat if it was kind of like sizzled. I I would be willing to bet that sound's going to be in there. Yeah. Uh, And then, of course, the next shot, we get a shot of uh, Finn and Poe doing their thing. Then we get the back side shot of the charge of the horses. And I'm just going to keep calling them horses because I don't know the name of the creature. We soon will, I'm sure. But we get the kind of backside of that shot to see what they're riding towards. And it is literally they're riding towards an armada of Star Destroyers. As we have X-Wings flying over top of them. Yeah. So this has to be within the surface of a planet. Not quite sure what's going on. The penultimate battle. Or not even penultimate. I think this is the climactic battle. Yeah, it seems to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, shot of Kylo. Not quite sure what he is about to do. I will say this. I have said many, many times that I do not believe that a redemption arc is possible for the guy who killed Han Solo. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I'm still holding to that anymore after watching this trailer. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm... Do you think he'll, did you think he'll survive? Because what if there's some kind of a redemptive arc and he sacrifices himself and he dies? Seems to be the case of like any redemptive arc, right? Like the person who does the bad thing redeems themselves, but they end up having to give up their life in the end. Yeah. It's kind of a classic trope. So I think that means he's very likely not to survive because of the horrible things that he's done. His yeah. redemption can't allow him to exist in the new world, I guess. I think that's from the storytelling perspective. Yeah. But the shot of him, it, it's very reminiscent almost of the shot of Vader before he tossed the Emperor over the over the railing. Okay. 
Yeah. It, it almost seems to set itself up like a choice. And if I had to kind of nitpick the shot, it almost looks like his face is in shadow and he makes a turn and his face is more lightened, which could imply walking into the light. J.J. Abrams is a fan of symbolism like that. Yeah, so I think there's a, a definite possibility there. But yeah. wouldn't it be hilarious if <laughs> the same circumstance is set up and the Emperor just ends up getting tossed over the side again? <laughs> and then he's just falling into this bottomless pit yelling, not again. I was just going to say, like, oh, not again. <laughs> yep. That well, it's be- better than... <laughs> oh. Didn't they... What was it they... What was it in the, um, God, I think my brain has just like uh, purged it. Um, didn't they add, oh, it was Vader that they added him saying no or something like as he (laughs) grabs the emperor. Oh God. Yeah. That's what it was. Oh, the scream falling into the pit. They added the scream that was Luke Skywalker. Yes. The whole, you know, I'm your father. No. And he jumps over. Oh, that pissed me off. But I was getting the two confused. I'm like, oh, did he fall? And he was screaming. No, it was Vader that they added the the audio to. Ugh. Yeah. Sorry. I'm I'm slipping down into uh, Star Wars things that I don't like. <laughs> um. So after we get that shot of Kylo stepping to- off camera, we get, I think, what's the most bizarre shot of the trailer which appears to be Rey confronting the Emperor, a very scared Rey looking at the Emperor. But I think when you first see this in the trailer, it looks like she is standing in front of uh, the Emperor being seated on a throne of some sort. But it is not the same as that throne we saw earlier in the trailer. Hmm. As a matter of fact, this almost looks like there is some sort of device keeping him together, and it almost looks like it is moving. I think that there is some sort of, like, contraption that he is on that is bringing him closer to her. I need to go back and watch this, because I don't remember this at all. And I'm like, did we watch the same trailer? How did I not, how do I not see this? It is very strange. Hmm. But yeah, it appears that whatever she is looking at him on is moving towards her. Like a general grievous kind of a thing? I don't know. It you know it's it's it is kind of evocative of the different methods that the emperor used to keep Vader alive. Hmm. I'm trying to think. No, that was a hologram thing. I was trying to think that there was somebody who in the prequels was being moved around by this walking type thing, but it it was a droid that was kind of walking, but it was a hologram projector. Right. Um. So, no, that wasn't it. Interesting. Yeah, there's been a lot of um, little bits throughout these movies of people that have, you know, been a combination of organic and um, robotic materials. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I was kind of shocked that they brought back the Emperor when I saw that first teaser. Yeah. And the more that I've thought about it, I think it's actually a brilliant idea. 
I don't necessarily always love the idea of characters coming back from the dead, but within the context of, of certain stories and the way they set it up, I'm okay with the idea. Yeah. You know, I mean, Game of Thrones did that, and I think they did it by kind of laying the groundwork for it previously. Here they have introduced the concept of people surviving death. We know that the Emperor had that ability to do it because he stated it in the prequel trilogy. So, um, also, Palpatine is kind of the... Darth yeah, Plagueis he was the one, yeah. Yeah, and, and Palpatine is kind of the tie that binds. So it would almost not have made sense to not have him in this trilogy at all. Well, yeah, I mean, we definitely have seen that people can survive jumping off of or falling down into what looks like a never-ending pit. I mean, Luke Skywalker did, you know, before Luke he Skywalker got, did, uh, Darth Maul did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he got cut in half. So, yeah, is it is it that unheard of that the Emperor would be able to come back and he just took a, a long time to heal? You know, so, yeah, it's not yeah. entirely unheard of. Um, and I think he is an upgrade over Snoke as kind of an ultimate villain. Yeah, because that whole Snoke thing just didn't really go anywhere. Well, it, it, to me, I like the idea of Snoke. I like the idea of Kylo supplanting him. I really like the choices that they made around Snoke's character, but they really have Palpatine kind of lingering out there as this ultimate villain, and there was, in the old Star Wars extended universe stuff, um, a lot about Palpatine and his plan. He had like a kind of a in-case-I-die plan and uh, a, a kind of shifting consciousness thing that he did, too. So that stuff is all kind of part of Star Wars lore, and I think it is a great choice to bring him back. So do you think that we will somehow find out that Snoke was an agent of the Emperor? I think somehow there's a connection there. Or that Snoke was just kind of a poser, um, you know, that that he wasn't somebody that had the real power. He had to, or the, the, He was a puppet of the Emperor, yeah. Yeah. Possibly. I mean, it would make sense because he had those guards around him that were very reminiscent of the Imperial Guards. Yeah. So I don't know. I think there's a lot that's going on there. But the more I've thought about it, the more happy I am that that Palpatine is back because he is such a critical character within this story that, that he can be kind of a string that, that helps tie it all together. And the Emperor himself always appears in the third movie of the trilogies. I know, right? Because, I mean, even though we had Senator Palpatine was in, you know, the first couple, we, we get, I don't think it's until the third that he is, he's the Emperor. And then we see, now granted, we do see the Emperor in weird old lady monkey eye form um, originally in Empire. Well, we do see him in episode one and two as Darth Sidious. We do. But only in, like, hologram form, right? No, there is the shot of him with Darth Maul as they're walking on, oh, like, some some yeah. outlook. And then there's another shot of uh, Count Dooku and the Emperor in the end of uh, Attack of the Clones. 
Ah, oh, crap. See, there that went away my my cool thing that I was thinking <laughs> like, oh yeah, he always appears in the third movie. Yeah, no, you're you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, and then of course I'm he wrong. does appear, and it is now Ian McDiarmid who appears as a hologram in uh, The Empire Strikes Back because they ditched Monkey Eyes. Yeah, I know, old lady Monkey Eyes, rest her soul. <laughs> Uh, but I do like the idea of them bringing back the Emperor. I also think that we should not sleep on something that was introduced in The Last Jedi. Oh, I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot that uh, J.J. is having to play cleanup a lot. Oh, I don't think that's the case. I think The Last Jedi introduced a concept that... JJ will be able to play with. Oh, that's not where I thought you were going with that. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I I love The Last Jedi. I think that is an amazing Star Wars film. And I think they introduced something in there that is going to come into play. So one of my favorite scenes in The Last Jedi is the Yoda scene. Right. And in that film, they introduce the idea of a Force ghost that is not so much a ghost at all that can actually become tangible and physical and interact with reality. So are you thinking that that's how we are going to see Luke? Yes. And Yeah. That actually may be also how the Emperor exists. And I think I was, yeah. if we want to get into crazy prediction time... Don't be surprised if we see other characters from Star Wars past show up in a physical sense. Mm. That is my tinfoil hat prediction. I love that prediction. But I would I, I would argue that the moment that you had mentioned a while ago where Palpatine looks like he was being carried by something or, you know, when I, if he's a force ghost, he's going to be in his full form. He's not going to be like, I'm going to make myself look all mechanical so maybe that's not him i don't know it's also possible that that's not him in that shot even though it looks like him yeah. they're you know again trickery yeah and then of course this trailer ends with the shot of ray her face illuminated by luke's lightsaber and we hear the force will be with you coming from luke and then the response from leia is always oh my goodness i know i know it it's so purposefully pulling at my heartstrings and i am a sucker for it every time oh yeah oh yeah my hunch is that the approach based off of this trailer is that they are going to put it all out on the field. It's all going to be out there. And they want to close the show in a really, really big, beautiful way. This trailer was was just that. It was big. It was hopeful. And it just involved everything from... So, I mean, there's just so much from Star Wars. You know, another thing that I didn't even mention is if you look in the background of one of these shots, one of the battle droids from The Phantom Menace is in this is in this trailer. What? Is it? Yeah, there's a battle droid in there. Oh, wow. Not sure where all that's heading, but, like, 
again, with all of that, with all of the history and lore of Star Wars, with the uh, the ghost from Star Wars Rebels popping in there, and all of those different things, we're setting up a potential situation where this is the true culmination of the entire Skywalker saga that encompasses nine films, uh, ten if you count Rogue One, and the Clone Wars and Rebels and all of that stuff. And I just think they're going to leave it all out on the field, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I mean, this this is something that could potentially be even more epic than Endgame. You know, there were so many people that... Uh, just I don't know just like losing their minds over everything that happened in Endgame where you have all these like 20 something movies and everything's converging and coming together into this I think this is going to be even bigger and I think the audience the the movie going audience thinks so as well because there are numbers that are coming out uh, less than 24 hours after tickets have gotten on sale and they've obliterated Endgame numbers for pre-ticket for pre-show tickets yeah yeah I saw that um a couple of ticket sites said that in the first hour it like outpaced Avengers Endgame, which is, you know, an enormous film. So yeah, I, I don't know. Um and, and I think that I actually hope that there is kind of that Avengers assemble moment in yeah. the Rise of Skywalker. I would kill for that. That would be oh my amazing. Gosh. That would if be if there is absolutely. something like that in there. Yeah, that would be absolutely incredible. And Another thing that I can't wait for, and this this is another thing that gets me a little bit sentimental about this, is that I cannot wait to see John Williams' farewell oh. to Star Wars yeah. in the effort that he puts into the soundtrack. We've heard it before in yep. Revenge of the Sith, where he thought that it was yep. going to be his last one, and he did an incredible soundtrack for that. Yep. I can't wait to hear yep. what he's got in store here. Just just by what we got from this trailer. It's like wow. It's 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 that that fanfare that that cruise through all of the themes, you know, that we got in um the end of the prequels where he thought that that was his last hurrah. It was like, right. "Oh, no. This is this is cranked up." And if the little bit that we just heard in this trailer is any indication of what we're going to get in this movie, like I said, I I think part of the reason that I got so emotional towards the end of this trailer was because of that score right. that was laced on top of it. And I have a feeling that, man, they're going to be tugging at our heartstrings with, with the score on this. Yeah. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, and the, the score itself is so interesting to me maybe more so than any other film I've ever seen, because so much of this is is finality for John Williams in his yeah. career with Star Wars. I mean, he he's already said, I think, previously that this is kind of the end of the line for him with Star Wars. But, I mean, we're talking about also kind of the late stages of his career. I mean, he's 87 years old, and you, yeah. there's... It doesn't seem like he's gonna he's gonna keep composing all the way. It's, it's what he loves, and that's amazing. Um, you know, but this will probably be the final time that we ever hear him compose something for Star Wars, and that is, um, it's gonna be interesting to see artistically how he chooses to close out his legacy. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. 
Yeah, I mean, it literally is saying goodbye to everything. Yeah, I mean, I do believe, however, we are not done with some of these characters. No, I I, I don't think they're going to put to bed Finn, Ray, and Poe. And even some of the other characters, I don't think that they would do that. But as far as the originals, yeah, I, it's it's done. Given what Disney Plus is going to be, I would not be surprised if yeah. we had some character series based on some of these new trilogy characters. And I, I actually think the one who is most likely to get one would be Poe Dameron. That would be cool. Like, wouldn't everybody want to see a Poe Dameron series? Yes. Right? If I could answer uh, for everybody, like a, that answer is yes. Yeah, I mean, in, in, you know, if he if he makes it out of this film, there there was that whole thing going back to how in The Force Awakens, his character was supposed to die. Right. Relatively early in that film, too, so... I'm not sure if the plan would be to keep him around. I, you know, I kind of hope he inherits the Falcon and just flies it around, but I don't know. There's also no, possibly doesn't I don't make think it out he of the would. Film. That's Ray and Chewie. I don't think yeah. he would. Yeah. But, you know, they could always do it. I mean, Cassie and Andor, they're doing a series on him and he was killed off in Rogue One. True. So right. They can do all that stuff. But again, I, I think in the at the end of the day, what this trailer did is just reawaken everybody's love of Star Wars and, and what this means to people in terms of their love of epic storytelling and how Star Wars in, in so many ways helped pave the way for so much epic filmmaking that's come after it. This is a great send-off for it. So uh, in a year of send-offs, this is the one that... Uh, that me personally, I, I think I am looking for. I've I've been looking forward to most. I've loved Game of Thrones and I've loved event the Avengers, um, but I I really love this new sequel trilogy of Star Wars. Yeah, and actually, I'm I'm almost getting choked up thinking about it. That it, there's another ending for me as well, and it is when this movie comes out. Is that that is the final week of my tour, and. So, yeah, that is yet another ending this year, is that my tour is done, the dinosaurs are going extinct, and, uh, yeah, I will be in Taipei when this movie comes out. (laughs) So, I actually don't know when or if I can see the movie that week, because I haven't been able to buy tickets, because I don't know exactly where I will be exactly like pinpoint where i will be in that city to be able to try and find a ticket um however uh i will be with people that were part of the crew on this movie and i am hoping that we can all go and see it because there's one person she was saying that when she had the realization that we'll be on the road when this comes out, she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to pay to go and see it. And <laughs> I said, I will pay for your ticket so you don't have to pay for it then if that's the case. And I am hoping to get some insight from her because she hasn't been able to tell me anything. Um, so I'm hoping that after we go and see it, I can get some insider information. The only thing that I do know for a fact um, – and this has actually already been leaked, but I can confirm it, um, is that there have been multiple endings that have been filmed. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. And there was somewhere just recently that I saw like, oh, there's been eight, eight endings. They filmed eight endings. I don't know if that's true, but I can definitely confirm um, in my secondhand knowledge um, that there have been multiple endings. So even people that I have worked on it, um, other than, I guess, J.J. Abrams and the editors don't know what how it's going to end, because even she was saying that they were so protective of the script she was saying that she doesn't she can't even she if she could she wouldn't even be able to tell me what the plot of the movie is because she has no idea all wow. she knew was what was going on while she was on set for that day and so everything is within this you know little tiny box she's like outside of that i have no idea she's like i don't even know what the movie's about i couldn't tell you so um yeah, so I'm hoping to get some really cool information um, when we are able to discuss the movie fully. Awesome. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, we are just a few months out. Can't wait. So you guys have heard our thoughts on the last trailer for Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, we'd like to hear yours as well, so hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at Chill. You can also... Check us out on iTunes and Stitcher, and if you're listening on one of those platforms, throw us a five-star review. We'd greatly appreciate it. You can also check out all of our new stuff at lrmonline.com, and while you're there, check out the network of podcasts available there. We have a lot of great stuff coming up here in coming weeks, so we'll definitely do some more Star Wars stuff, as well as The Mandalorian, which is just a few weeks away, so excited to get into that as well. Thank you always, as always, for listening. Until next time, may the Force be with you because the night is dark and full of terrors. 